I'm here with my guest, Phil Stamato. He's here for a re-recording. Hello. We recorded back in July, and the audio wasn't great. And how hot was it in here? It was balls hot. And how cozy is it in here now? Very cozy. Extremely cozy. It's nice, right? And now there's two cats, which really... Too many cats, probably. It ups ups the cozy factor, so... (laughs) Well, I, um, I think it's peak Himalayan salt lamp season. Everyone's got them on. I went home for the holidays. I just got back a few days ago. And uh, my mom had a salt lamp. Ooh. My dad had a salt lamp. That you bought for them or that they got of their own? My Ooh. dad's salt lamp I got for his birthday. Okay. My mom got her own. Oh, wow. My sister got her own. At your urging or they were just like, uh. They just like salt lamps. Oh, I mean, cow. how can you not? You got a salt lamp family. I mean, I really, I fall asleep to this almost every night. Like, I turn it on when I read. You all can come together with your salt lamps and salt out. Salt out, baby. Oh, yeah. My mom wanted to take me to it. So there's some salt cave in, like, North Georgia, mm-hmm. like, in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to take me. It's like, a, it's like a salt lamp store, basically. Whoa. And I said no because I had a cold and it was like an hour away. And I was like, I don't think it's worth it. Like, I mean, yes, I have a salt lamp podcast, but am I going to be that person that like goes like ham on salt lamps? I don't know if I want to do that with my life. Hey, why not? Don't let, don't let the judgments of others stop you from doing what you really want. You know, I saw there was a, there was a store selling salt lamps in uh, Frankenmuth, Michigan. Mm. And uh, that's like where I was for like Christmas holiday stuff. They really are everywhere, right? And yeah, no, they're all over the place. And that store had like, I would venture about 30 different types of Oh my lamps. god. Yeah, there's different types. They've got like the, the ones that are in like a basket, like the rocks in a basket. Mm-hmm. They got small ones, big ones, uh, nightlight ones. ones. I want a nightlight one. Strange shapes and colors. Oh yeah, they have the ones that flash different colors. I kind of feel like that defeats the purpose of the salt lamp because I feel like if it's flashing colors... Mm-hmm. It's going to, like, bring out some energy, like, you know, some franticness, whereas the salt lamp is supposed to calm you. Right. With its, like, warm glow. Right. But you know what? I'm not judging. Whatever kind of salt lamp you guys need and want in your life, go for it. I mean, it's it really, at the end of the day, it's just a lamp. It is a light source. Um, <laughs> Do you think they had salt lamps before electricity and stuff? Was it just, like, a thing of salt? Well, they it? had rocks and they had um, candles. Right. I, yeah, I really liked going home for the holidays. It was so awesome to see my family, uh, which usually it's very stressful. I wonder if, like, I feel like everybody I've talked to has all, we've all been on the same page where it's like, we're all like, yeah, actually, you know, I went home for the holidays and it was like the best holiday I've had in a while. Everyone was just chill and happy to be there. 
And I, I, part of me wonders if it's because the world has fallen to shit so much. Yeah. So oh. everyone's like, oh man, now I don't mind being out with my family again. <laughs> That's so, you know, I think you're right. I, I could sense that my family was just... It's like comparative, we're all done. Yeah, we're like, this might be our last Christmas together. Right. As one, as a unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, everybody was bitching about 2017, just like they did about 2016. And I'm like, do you really think 2018 is going to be any better? Hell yeah, man. You do? Yeah. Oh boy, Phil, I believe you are a very naive man. <laughs> I think it's... I think we've got quite a year ahead of us. I think Elon Musk is going to pull us out of this uh, this horrible tailspin that society's doing. So what is... Look, wait, I know a little bit about Elon Musk. I know he's like developing the high-speed rail, right? Yes. Is he also involved with um, flying cars? Yeah, well, no. Not flying cars. He did uh, send his Tesla to orbit around Mars. Fun times. While playing uh, Space Oddity. Wow, he's he's got some cool hobbies. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's basically just if a like a 14-year-old had billions of dollars, I guess. He's just like, we're going to go to Mars. I want to get on the moon. I want to make rockets that go back and forth. <laughs> And I want, to send him, I want to send my cool car to orbit Mars for no reason. And that is what he's done. Now, I always have a hard time setting myself goals. I'm trying to figure out whether or not goals make sense for me anymore. That's, <laughs> that sounds like the darkest thing I think no, I've ever like, inadvertently said. Where it's well, like, I'm just finding my goals are shifting. Like I, When I was younger, right. one of my long-term goals was like, make a movie. Yeah. And now I'm like, there's a lot of movies on Netflix, and they're mostly shit. I don't even know if that's, like, a goal for me anymore. And what did I want to get out of that? Exactly. You know? What is it I'm trying to achieve there? I think my goal, my short-term goal, will be become make a movie if I have an amazing idea and a script ready to go. Right. But for now, my long-term goal is finish my stupid script. Yeah. <laughs> get there first. The, the only thing that I consider, like... Uh, an accomplishment or like a thing I've created that's done really well is I once translated the song um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow for ukulele into Latin and that wasn't a goal that I ever set myself. I just started thinking of the lyrics in Latin once. I was like, huh, it'd be funny you could do that in Latin and then I thought all, thought of all of them over time and then I like, I had a ukulele I knew how to play it and then I recorded it and now it has like 30,000 views on like YouTube. It's like the most <laughs> successful thing I've ever done. Not a goal. Just a thing just that I was just like, ah, I'm going to do this. And then I did. And that was like, it's like, I feel like that's what, Phil, whatever happened with that. When was this? Uh, right before I started comedy, before I found a new way to suck How my time How high away. were you? Uh, when I started thinking about it, not at all. I was, <laughs> I was high on the, uh, on the thrill of academia, but. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I just had, I had all this skill with Latin and translating stuff into Latin and I didn't know what to do with it. So I tinker with Latin all day. And and then one day I just like literally like in the shower, just thought of the words for what a wonderful world, which is mundus mirabilis. And I was like, oh, wow, you get the alliteration still in there. And then I was just like, oh, it's like, and actually like mundus mirabilis, like it keeps the rhythm and stuff like that going, like the patterns. It's really dorky and ridiculous, but I ended up thinking about the, just in my own spare time. This was like right after I like left. I had like just dropped out of grad school and uh, was terrified that my skills were not gonna be useful in any way. So you're like, I gotta learn skills. So I was like, well, I maybe know. there's something I can do. Ukulele. Everybody who needs to know what a wonderful world in Latin, you know, what a contribution. And yeah. uh, and you're welcome. 
I'm going to look that up. Um, I got to say, the thing that I love the most about that is that it is the most Phil thing I think I could ever do. <laughs> like, if I was to sit down and be, like, trying to think of the most Phil thing you could do, that would exactly be it. Hell yeah. I love that movie, Wizard of Oz. Um, it's what? It's full of symbolism. Why? Wait. That's where, that's what the song is from. Oh, right. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yeah, Dorothy. She's like, somewhere over the have you ever thought about what that movie might be like in Latin? Probably pretty good. Let me hear it. Uh, <laughs> super pluvium arcum. <laughs> that means over the rainy um, bow. And then, and then <laughs> Dorothy's like... like translated that. <laughs> Dorothy's like, at two, Tin Man. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, basically, that's it. All the all the characters just assassinate each other in plays for power. It's... It's very bloody. (laughs) Uh, I've had moments in my life where I really related to Dorothy. Like, especially as a woman. (laughs) You're, like, trying to navigate life. You're going down the yellow brick road of life. Mm -hmm. And you're running into all these characters. And they have, like, needs from you. And you have needs that that they can help you with as well. And you kind of just go together. (laughs) Like, there have been people in my life that I've been like, oh, he was the cowardly lion. Right. Like, he just, like... He just needed a heart. He, is he the one that needed a or heart? Or a roar. He needed a roar. Tin Man needed a heart. He needed balls, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 1950s jargon, your balls were referred the to as a Scarecrow didn't have a brain. I definitely have a lot of friends I ran into that <laughs> did not have a brain. <laughs> yeah. Like, definitely, I look back at my 20s and I'm like, wow, there were a lot of scarecrows. Right. Like, for sure. I love the scarecrow is always trying to give like advice and shit too, despite not having a brain. <laughs> if I only had a brain, Which I feel Dorothy. Like here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the best like metaphor throughout the whole thing. Where it's just like the dumbest people are always the ones who are most eager to be like, I'm gonna give advice to everybody. I'm the expert. <laughs> like even if they are, whatever. Even the if they man, seem aware, it's like yeah. This Tin Man. What was his thing? He miss. He was the one who was missing a heart. Right. No emotions. What was the lion? The lion just didn't have any courage. He was just uh, scared. He needed his roar. Because he kept being like, I need my... He wasn't missing a vital organ. Right. He was just a pussy. His lion dick. Yeah. Someone had stolen it away to make a weird soup with it or something. Who knows? But Tin Man, I feel like, represents like maybe the psychos you run into in your life that... (laughs) Like sociopaths? Yeah, the total sociopaths (laughs) who don't have hearts, but like... You still empathize with them, yeah, because they've like figured out a way to emotionally manipulate you, right? Wow, this isn't a, me projecting my We're own life. Getting but... dark. <laughs> we can we can do it. No, but I mean, she eventually gets to Oz. Like, yes, she falls into a field of poppies. Right. She has a good time. Um, it feels like I you've hit thirty. I am on, uh, still on the approach, but I feel like. It's the same metaphor for getting to the man at the, uh, the Wizard of Oz, where it's like you hit thirty, and then you realize that it's just like a weird guy behind a curtain the whole time, and it's like, what yeah. was the whole point? <laughs> right, right. That's what it is. Like she gets, she gets to it, but I mean, she really just wanted to get back home. <gasps> oh no! Does that mean I'm gonna move back home? No, 
It means that you're going to find out what home really is. We're not in Kansas anymore. Man, that's the that's the same metaphor for the Odyssey. It's like the whole point is these people, you get lost in life and you flow all around the, the, the ocean of life and, and you get lost in things. You meet people and you lose people. You follow and the And you're just trying to go home. And then you get home and uh, it's not the home you left because things keep changing. Right. But yeah, it's, you know, yeah, she's just trying to go home. But then home wasn't really a place she could go to anyway. It was a place that she needed to come to understand. Well, what was home? It's like within her. I mean, she got home and she was relieved to be there. But also, what was home? She was on a farm with Auntie M and who was the other guy? I feel like the end of her every uncle. movie in like the 40s and 50s was, was just like what... It, they're always terrible. Like, It's a Wonderful Life has a horrible ending, too. It's always be be grateful for what your life is, pretty yeah. much. It's like, don't chase. And there's a message in that, and I think it was definitely a message that was pushed a lot in the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure exactly why. Like, maybe it was like a post-war fear. Kind of like, don't chase after things. Like, stay and like value family and like conservative behavior right. and stuff. Right. But... I mean, I think back on it, and most of the movies that came out when I was a kid were all about chasing your dreams at whatever cost. Yeah. Yeah, that was what was pushed on us, I think, in particular. It was just like, you know... Maybe that's the difference between, like, baby boomers and us, is, like, a lot of the movies that baby boomers grew up with had this message of, like, you know, uh, settle down early, have a lot of kids, uh, love your family, don't aspire to any kind of artistic endeavor whereas like i feel like a lot of millennials we grew up with movies that were like freaking go for it go for your dreams field of dreams it's like we're trying to find some sort of a happy middle where it's like yeah the 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 greatest generation quote unquote they were like you know just take the safest route no matter what always go the safest road and don't take any risks and then their kids were like no no no, life is meaningless do whatever you want to do and so they raised us doing that and then we're all finding out we're like i don't know doing what i want to do it's hard because what i want apparently changes as i age so that was terrible advice and there's no money in like yeah and there's no money do you have like any creative thing that like you know if for some reason you were swept away and just lived in a log cabin for the rest of your life and then died and then they found your like one great work behind do you like know what your great work would generally be do you think? i don't think i would be able i wouldn't in isolation i wouldn't be able to produce any kind of great work i think i would go crazy right well yeah i mean i think that's i'm, I'm going through the exact same thing where i mean i think the most uncertain part about it is that i'm discovering that my goals now made no sense before we're like they they were my goals that i set for myself and i have accomplished many of them i'm really happy about that but i don't care so it's like i don't even know what goals to set because i don't know what is something that i just am interested in now yeah versus your passions are changing yeah how do i know what i really want and so it's just like now i don't even know how to anticipate a future what do you really want phil what do i really want man Um, tell me what you want what you really really want i want to hit i want to (laughs) hit i want to Really, really, really want a zig zig ah. <laughs> I want a zig zig ah. Yeah, that's it. I think that's it. You know, that was that was in the first draft of the Constitution. <laughs> Men have a right to zig zig ah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really even know, man. I want to write. 
a cool book that is funny and, and poignant. And that is it, I think. <laughs> I think that's the only thing that I've ever wanted to do that has not changed. You know what is so awesome? Because I, the reason I love that goal is because it's something that like a five-year-old would also say. I want to write a cool book that's funny and interesting and people like it. Yeah, that's the, that is the only goal. I mean, I've, that's the goal I've had since I was a kid. It's the only one I've had that has not gone away. But it's also... My uh, my like approach to that has been that I have thought of several storylines and drafted them out in different ways, and I've written like weird, disparate chapters and stuff. Nothing has ever been coherently in the oh, direction no. of writing a single book. Same. I was a creative writing major, and sometimes I'll look back at my attempts at like a short story, or like I wrote a screenplay in college, and it was just frantic and ADD. Like I read it, I look back on it now, and I'm just like. Oh, like one of my short stories in in a college, one of my favorite ones I wrote was about this girl who had a superpower basically like splitting her body into pieces and being in multiple places at the same time, which is ADD. Yeah. That's the feeling you have, right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, my brain's over here, my heart's over here, my hand's location. over here. Like you're, you're multitasking. You're doing like 12 different things. Um, Link. and then when my class read this short story... Um, my teacher was like, so what is this story about? Does everybody know? And everybody was like going around. They were like saying things that like were kind of vague. Like she's trying to find herself. Or I was like, what? And then my teacher was like wrong. And she goes, Chelsea, I know I'm right on this. Uh, it was, it's about losing your virginity. What? <laughs> and I was like, what? And then you got your first tango with someone telling you what your own work is about. <laughs> Uh, oh I don't God. get that at all. I even I even thought about it, and I was like, "What do you mean? This is about losing my virginity?" Yeah, that's <laughs> so confusing. I'm like, I I kind of feel like it's about um, uh, panic, just right. caught being in a state of constant set yourself on fire panic. Right. So I think it's about you can't be in one place. If there's anybody, if you've ever seen, if any listeners have seen Hamilton and or seen anything else by Lin Manuel Miranda, I feel like he exhibits. ADD to like its most intense extent like he becomes hyper focused on one topic right so he focused on like hamilton. the founding fathers and hamilton just this one guy and how much adderall was he on when he right wrote? well so here's the thing like a part of me like looks at someone like him and i'm like how do you set a goal and accomplish it like how do you stay to it because it's like you don't just like get dis- discouraged by getting distracted by something else you know how do you do that because I, I really don't know how to do that and I've read his interviews and, like, books and stuff, and the thing motivating him is the constant awareness that he's going to die soon. So in order to have ADD and accomplish something, I think you just have to scare yourself into, like, being functional, which I don't want to do. You know what I mean? Like, that man is driven by constantly thinking about his ticking clock, so to speak, where it's like, not a life I want to live, you know? Is that what it takes to, like... Make yourself a focus. I don't know, man. You know that I'm obsessed with Jim Carrey. Yes. I had a dream that he appeared to me as God. It was like Jim Carrey as God. And he told me that it's time for me to slow down. Whoa. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means... It was meant, he, was and he, the way he was said he it... Thick, thick-framed glasses, Jim Carrey? Or yeah, was he, he was like studious. He was like... He was like, it was bearded Jim Carrey too. Ooh, he was like, you can slow down. It wasn't like you have to slow down. It was like, you can slow down now. Wow. Which makes me think that I've put the work in and now I can just keep doing what I'm doing and kind of 
allow my life to continue to build. And I don't have to like panic and be like, what am I going to do next? Oh, like, sure. Yeah, that's a good that's a good takeaway. Yeah, because like you kind of already know who you are and what you want. So it's like just keep on trucking. I think the goal is gratitude. Yeah. You want to be a strong person. You want to be somebody who can say, hey, things aren't going my way right now. But have they ever? Will they ever? Who fucking knows? Right. <laughs> that's my attitude. Is it just resoluteness that's that's your british half of you coming through it is keep calm and carry on that's me your stiff upper lip yeah i'm gonna uh drink water and barrel through dry dry january and um i'm not gonna shed a tear baby no i'll probably shed a few tears i always i always cry a lot like right before my period i know it's not like normal Mm -hmm. pms but i cry so much i'm italian i'm just very dramatic by nature do you cry a lot yeah all you do? Yeah. Not How? that in public because it makes people uncomfortable or weird or people feel like they have to do something to interact like you're gonna with you. you going to cry right now. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just constantly <laughs> in a state of sobbing. Aww. Uh, I definitely want to cry more often than I do. I'm a very dramatic... I'm like a really dramatic person. And so often I am just tamping down all my drama. And then if you date me, you get to have the experience of seeing me be dramatic. And that's not fun for most people. Uh, But, um... I've been that person in relationships where I know that I'm, like, unleashing the beast on this person. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. But it also kind of sucks just doing it to yourself. Because it gets old after a while. Like, sometimes I'm just like, every day I just wake up and it's just me. And if I'm being grumpy or if I get lost, mm. you know, if I get lost on the way to, to my thing, or if I can't decide what to eat at the restaurant, I just get mad at myself. Chelsea, I think this is just us moving along the path to becoming Zen Buddhist monks. And that's I know. Like, <laughs> we're both going to be like, all right, I think the only way to true nirvana is to live on top of this mountain and... Uh, the salt mountain. And, at the salt mountain with the salt lamp and uh, the rest of your family and their salt lamps. Phil, I'm starting to understand why we usually drink when we hang out. You know? Because I'm just like, the more and more we're talking, the more I'm like, oh, god damn, I need a beer. Look, man. <laughs> Reality this of This is winding me up. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? Well, you know, you do comedy. You're a comedian, right? Yeah. You do a show called Nothing Important at Friends and Lovers. The last Friday of every month. And you got a really good Twitter. What it was your cow tweet? That was like your star. It was my my uh, one claim to fame. Can you quote it? Uh, it is a, a a tweet that takes place at two moments. The first moment it is seven p.m. and it is me saying, "Tonight I will finally get to bed on time." And in the second part of it, it is three o'clock in the morning, and uh, I'm just saying, "Wow, I didn't know th- like the most expensive cow in the world sold for three point four billion dollars." <laughs> It is just an accurate representation of what happens every single night. Yeah, but that I think that tweet did so well because it was the most you. It's just so just gathering facts on the internet until four a.m. The craziest ADD <laughs> and anxiety anyone could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. We'll follow Phil, your peace to motto on Twitter, right? Yeah, I am.
Supra mundo un de 